now listening to Cut the Line, a new show by AL Podcasts that explores various beneficial topics such as today's. I'm Shin and I'm joined by... Hello guys, I'm Fatima. And today we have a special guest in this episode. She is part of AL Books and represents editor's team. Hello everyone, my name is Tiba and I'm delighted to be here today. So let's start off with, um, do you guys read books? Because today's topic is going to be about physical books and how they're basically going to be extinct i guess you could say from society in a couple of years yeah well um i i read a lot of books actually i've been reading for quite a few years um and i alternate between a lot of genres but um i usually read sort of fantasy young adult because i just love immersing myself in this whole new world and just forget everything in real life for a few hours. I used to be into books about five years ago and I just got back into books um, this March, the beginning of March this year. And I've read YA fantasy and I'm currently reading The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh my god, you don't say. I love that book. I'm literally like 37 pages in right now. Oh boy, you've got a long ride ahead of you. (laughs) Yeah, I read a lot of genres too and I think it's really nice um, transposing yourselves into different worlds. And I feel like reading books is really nice because especially as like 12, we were 12th graders and it was really stressful and we always needed like a stress outlet to, you know, rest and let out the stress and i think books are really good they act like a gate that opens doors to dream worlds or something and they're really far from the harsh realities of real life um so how much like do you guys usually read like i guess per year or like a month in a month how much do you guys usually read oh man um i could go from anywhere like um like three books a week or i don't read a book for like three months you know Mm -hmm. it's I I alternate a lot, and as you previously said, like, the school stress and the exams, and it just gets a lot sometimes, and sometimes I just really don't feel like picking up a book as much as I love reading. I just don't feel like it. But um, on average, I'd say, like, most of my um, Goodreads goals the last three, four years have been about, like, 20, 25 books a year. Which I think is okay, all things considered. Yeah, I can actually relate. Especially, like, back in ninth grade, I used to read so much. I'd finish, like, sequels in, like, two weeks. I'm not even joking. Like, I would read so much. And, like, whatever I'd do, like, whether I was in the bus, whether it was lunch during school, I'd always be reading. But then 12th grade came, and I never had the time for it. Or when I did have the time... I never like had the energy to actually like read and so this year it's been so much less than before like way way less but I started reading a couple days ago and I think that's good. I feel like I'm the opposite though like the stress made me want to read books when we were studying for finals like May I finished like 20 books in a month. Oh, that's amazing. No joke. Yeah, it was like, I almost read a book every day. I guess it was like an outlet for me. But I don't know. I just felt like we had so many exams and we were already studying too much. And I just didn't have energy to actually like put myself and like read and finish a book. And I was like, if I start, I know I'm not going to be done until after finals. And I really, really hate when I start a book and it takes me like ages to finish. I hate that. Or something else I don't get is when people really like the book, but then they intentionally read it slow just for it not to end. I don't get it. 
literally done that because i literally like i don't have the patience i just want to get to the end and i want to know what happened the thing is it was um it was a series okay it's a mm-hmm. eight book series i guess you could say it's a turn of glass series <laughs> i went through the whole series and by the last book i was in the last book okay the book before that empire of storms i cried so much <laughs> so i got to the last book and i was like how am i like ending this right now and like i dragged this on for like three weeks <laughs> oh two god weeks because i was like i cannot end this and i cried like 15 times so many characters mm. died and i was like this is so horrible i think i went like through the 20 stages of grief after finishing kingdom of ash because it was like yes! so was much so sad. It's like, you know, like, you stay reading a book, for, like, a sequel and series for months, and then one day it's all over, and it's like, okay, now what? And, like, you feel like you can't find any other good series, but you actually do, which is amazing. Yeah, and, like, imagine some people go on, like, for years following this series, and, like, they exactly. get the book every year as soon as it comes out. And, and it just ends. Her. It's just, oh, my God. That happened to me with the Red Queen series. I started catching up with the books with, with the second book. And it's a four-part series. I started at the third one in the Red Queen series. And then, to be honest, I just got bored. So, you know, getting that fourth book was just not as exciting as I wanted it to be. Yeah, a lot of people said that. Like, a lot of reviews talked about how, like, they didn't like it after um, the second book or the third book. But I don't know. I was just really into the world building, I guess. So when I got the fourth book, I literally read the whole thing the day I got it. It was about, but like, you know, it's really pages. frustrating when you're like done with a book and you're waiting for the next part, and it's like not as good as you expected it to be. It's so frustrating. Oh, I hate when that yeah. happens. And same thing goes for like series, like TV shows. It's really annoying. Like you wait a whole year for a book or a series to drop, and then it comes out, and it's so not what you expected. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. So, do you guys like usually? tend to go for like digital copies or like physical copies definitely physical oh, physical yeah physical definitely i, I mean it, go for it, physical. It would... oh, i'm sorry go on no you can continue it's fine um i just want to say i would always go for physical first but if it's a book i've been like hearing a lot of hype about and i couldn't get my hands on a physical copy as soon as possible then i'll read it like on my phone or on my computer and maybe if i really liked it i'd get the physical copy later i used to like if i were talking to myself in seventh grade i'd say physical but nowadays um first of all i can't find most of these books here so like i can't like there's no other option and second yeah. of all I usually uh, yeah like, that's a problem <laughs> yeah i usually like reading in my bed and i i don't know why i can't read books on my bed like physical books so i usually just download it on my phone and i just read it there instead yeah yeah sense. but that's like years of torture on your eyes and that that's like always a thing in the back of my mind i've been on my phone for like seven years at this point (laughs) (laughs) one more book won't change it yeah but like it's different because it's on top of like the constant social media devouring that we're doing every day you're like getting a whole book too and it's just it increases screen time so much and um i think that's why a lot of people go for kindles because they're designed to not hurt the eyes that's actually true and it it, like study after study has shown that like the blue light from your devices can really ruin the melatonin levels and circadian cycles and it makes it harder for you to sleep and you know how usually people read books before they sleep but then imagine them doing it on an ebook 
And it's like they're not really doing anything beneficial at the, like at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's like so counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, I feel like reading from ebooks may like gives you trouble when you drift off to sleep, so you don't really get a good night's rest when that's what you want to do when reading a physical copy, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As you said, the blue light filter is just like mm-hmm. a nightmare to the eyes. And it actually does keep you up longer than it if does, you yeah. want to use blue light, yeah. And also, this is going to sound so stupid, but guys, I really, really love the smell of books. I'm not even oh joking. Oh my god, I was it's just so going good. to say that. <laughs> I love it. It's like, you know, people love smelling like flowers or roses. I love smelling books. Like it sounds exactly. stupid, it has like, but it's so good. Smell. It's, 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 it's true. It has such good smell, especially these like old books that have like hints of vanilla. I if, love like, them. If like anybody sees me in public sniffing a book, just mind your business. <laughs> oh god. And I also feel like ebooks. I don't know. Like too many complications come with them. Like having an actual physical copy doesn't require charger or Wi-Fi software updates. All these technical issues, you know? I, I think I agree with that, but I still think we can, like, surpass all these um, little problems and still go with an ebook. But I personally would always pick a physical over um, an ebook because the physical just, like, has its own charm. Like, the way, exactly. the smell, as you said, like, the words on paper. It's just, it's so special. And mm-hmm. it makes the reading experience so unique from every other experience. Exactly. And it's like like flipping through the pages and all. It, it can make you, as a reader, feel like you're literally like unfolding the story figuratively and literally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the flip of the paper, the sound, uh-huh. it's just, it excites me. Exactly. And you like day by day or like hour by hour, you can see how far you've gone. And I think that's really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, so you, you said you do digital for ease, but like, is there anything that you feel is unique to ebooks and better than in physical books? I like the fact that I can turn the page black. I really like that. (laughs) Like the swipe thing? (laughs) No, no, you know how usually physical books are like, you know, the pages are white and the ink's black. Oh, oh, yeah, like dark mode. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that I can turn it black. Oh, oh, I misheard you. Yeah, 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 I I get what you mean. That's like really helpful when you're reading at night. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And also the fact that I can like highlight stuff and then I can just erase it. And then there's like no mark there like you know you usually when you highlight a physical book it's gonna be there forever yeah okay that's actually a good point yeah that's a good point i can never highlight books like i i literally i don't have it in me to like grab a pen or a highlighter and just scratch over the book like i cannot i would never i would never or or when people fold pages it pisses me off just use a bookmark use a paper use anything just don't fold the paper please like i would use a tissue or a receipt rather than dog ear book literally anything but i hate it when people fold the paper yeah ebooks have a bookmark option as well so instead of like dog earing the book you just bookmark yeah that's what you could use an actual bookmark (laughs) instead of dog earing yeah but (laughs) the thing is there are so many like things you can like bookmark like i bookmark a lot when i read books there's like these little um pointer stickers i've used them on my queen of shadows and empire storms oh my god tell me i'm not the only one who still thinks about the scene when he first comes to the um and um, oh my god you should have seen me i was a monster I remember I cried the first time, actually. The first time? How many times? Yeah, the first time I reread it. Like, read it, not reread it. Oh, okay. I've I've only read them twice, all through. Before Kingdom of Ash. 
Do you guys support any independent bookstores? Here? I mean, I don't really know that many here. That's kind of a problem, yeah, actually. Have all, like, an independent bookstore? Mm-hmm. I think it is. That's the only one I know that actually has books that I, like, see online and I want to get. But it doesn't always have it, you know? But, like, yeah. it works, you know? It's it's there. I, like, live in a completely different city, so I don't know what you're talking about. But we, um, we have one like cafe slash bookstore that also like you can order online from uh it's the amazon bookstore i think it's called and that's like the only bookstore i like Wait, actually we know do have that shana right we still have it well i've never been there but i've heard about it a lot yeah i've never been either but i just order from them sometimes i mean it's good at least it's something yeah mm-hmm. it's like my only source of books so yeah and that's so sad honestly like, I wish there were more bookstores, or at least, like, libraries. Libraries would be amazing. There are, like, no English book libraries here at all. and That's the thing, God, yeah. I it's really just... sad. It actually I is. I would really, like, love to lose myself in a bookstore or library for a few hours. Same. Same. Or, like, redecorate, I guess, the libraries right now. I don't know, the current libraries. Like, redecorate them or something. True. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do you think? Which one is benefiting the economy more? Um, Physical books, small businesses that are run by people who are just, you know, trying to make money and also protect their passions or e-books that are also a huge part of like this growing um, economic shift to online, you know, with Bitcoin and and credit cards and such and such. I think it could benefit the small businesses more because the digital revolution is here to stay it's not going anywhere and they're already benefiting so much from what you said uh bitcoins credit cards phones all that and i think um small businesses who actually use physical copies really need the like how do you say the interest from us as consumers to help them i agree with that but i also want to make another point we're talking about uh physical like small business bookstores so basically i'd say like physical bookstores um i agree with to a certain level for example if we're talking about classics i don't think we should still be selling classics like let that go to thrift stores instead or just read it online for example like romeo and juliet i don't think people like i don't think bookstores should still be selling classics like romeo and juliet Simply because there are so many printed out. Like, you're just wasting books at this point. Thrift stores have tons of classics in their collections that you can buy from there. Oh, so you mean no new copies of Romeo and Juliet. Not, like, abolish physical copies of Romeo and Juliet. I'm not talking... No, no, no. I'm not talking about abolishing. I'm just saying don't print more. Because there are already a lot. Yeah, there are already a lot. You don't need to, like, oversupply something that's already been here for like 400 years ever since Shakespeare's but I think there's like an emotional connection to the physical copies that some might like to have on their bookshelves exactly which is why thrift stores are a good idea like you can still get the physical copy yeah that makes Um, sense I also draw a line somewhere else for example if we're talking about uh, Romeo and Juliet retelling that just got published like a year ago by an indie author or an author that hasn't published books before go and publish it in bookstores physically because that definitely that's gonna help the author way more than publishing it online like where people are definitely not gonna see it because the internet's like wide meanwhile you go to a Barnes and nobles and you see this book and you're like wow this looks interesting then you can go ahead and like you know buy it in a physical bookstore yeah uh i actually just want to bring up a point a point a point 
briefly um, stemming from what you mentioned. You said something about like, you know, startup authors who who might gain more money publishing uh, physical rather than online. And it reminded me of this post I saw like this morning or last night. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Um, Victoria Aviard, the author of Red Queen, she posted like this TikTok um, video. Uh, she was like, you know, ranting pissed about people pirating her books online and um giving oh, yeah, them for free. yeah where whereas she she's not gaining money from people buying physical copies because they're reading the pirated copies and i like briefly read this um comment on the post and it was like well you've written like a billion books and you've made a billion dollars and you really don't need all that money and then somebody countered well okay what if it was a startup author and they were really passionate about making money off something they want to share with the world about the art they want to share with the world. And, you know, people are just pirating that. But then also other people were like, okay, but poor people deserve to read books and they don't have money and they still like want to share the experience of reading a book with everybody else. Honestly, it was a pretty intriguing uh, debate in the comments, but I did not involve myself because I would have broken hell loose. I agree. I definitely agree with both sides. And I definitely saw the comment section as well. Um, I agree with the fact that if you have the means to buy the physical book, like legally, then go ahead. You definitely should. You should be supporting these authors unless they're problematic. Like I'm talking about like Sarah J. Mass or like, um, Yay. like Cassandra Clear or something. Like, if oh boy, that's okay. like a whole other conversation. Yeah, if they're problematic, okay, go ahead and pirate their books. But if they're not, um, and you have the means to buy these books physically in your own bookstores, then please do so. But if you don't have the means, for example, if they're not available in your country, or if you obviously don't have enough money, then I've seen like several authors who are like, okay, you can pirate my books, but instead, can you like leave a review or like rate it? Or talk about it on social media so more people can discover a book and then like they can buy it um, physically and legally. So it might still benefit me in some way. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the author has a right to um, demand like a reward or a payment in any way, shape or form for mm-hmm. for like a, such a big part of their brain that's being shared with the world. And, you know, they want people to know about it, maybe scream about it, maybe cry about it. And it's just, yeah, it's like, it goes down to our, you know, essential, essential part of our humanity where we just have to share our art with everybody. And we want people to listen, to look, to feel, you know, and I feel like you have a right to like get money for that because you're going to depend on money for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. And it's just the way it's just the way business industry works. Like that's just how it is. They provide they provide your desires and you have to pay them back in a way. Yeah, like people usually don't think about all the publishing business of it, which is just like so exhausting for the author. Some people talk about how, like, reading culture, I guess you can call it, is, like, disappearing throughout the world. Do you guys agree with that or, like, do you disagree with that? I think I agree. I think so many people, like, prefer other hobbies. for, Like, for example, basketball, like, stuff that are sports or mm-hmm. watching television or something. And I don't know. I think it's... Obviously, it is beneficial to, like, immerse yourself in sports. But I feel like reading books is also really, really important for, that like, so sense. many reasons. I I personally, I can't really give you as straight as an answer as Fatima did, but um, when I first started reading a few years ago, I felt like I was like the only person in 
the whole world who was reading. And then I got on social media and I found out so many more people than I thought were actually reading. And I feel like every year it's suddenly, you know, been brought back and it's a hobby back again. And as you said, yeah, sports is really important, but I feel like a lot of people um, or more people are starting to notice like the charm of reading as a hobby on its own, like as a singular hobby. And I feel like it declined there for like back there a bit, but now it's sort of picking back up at least from like how I see it on social media mostly but no no one like in real life almost no one in real life um in my life reads so I can't really judge it on my real life experience only my social media one yeah I think society just generally associates books with education and it's not always about education like I don't know but I feel like being an avid book reader improves your personality as a person and you become more versatile in your approach to life and you can like find yeah you can find it way easier to like start conversations or participate in discussions due to your diverse knowledge when you like interact with people all because of reading books oh definitely like when when i say i read books i don't mean like history books or science books although i really do love those subjects but it's not what i read in my own free time for enjoyment i read fantasy books and when i say that most people just laugh it off you know i've learned life lessons from cringy cheesy romance comedies and mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's more about like the story it's more than sorry it's more than um the story itself than going through the story and getting inside the author's head and exactly you know yeah yeah and, and learning about all the different viewpoints yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. challenges or perspectives mm-hmm. and it like provides solutions wisdom i think it's really important and i think it's not exactly right for everyone to just assume that you're reading to like gain education rather than you know have it as a hobby for like to rely on it for relief or entertainment i like agreed to this question if we were talking like about this topic in 2015 after ya books started to decline like after the hunger games uh movies like completed or after harry potter the series like the movies completed i would have said yes reading culture is in fact disappearing but within the past years, it's actually, like, resurfaced. Especially with the Wattpad and fanfictions. Yeah, Reading definitely. has definitely resurfaced after Wattpad and fanfictions. And especially nowadays, I'd say this year. The end of last year to this year. TikTok's been a big thing, of course, in the world for, like, a few years now. And mm-hmm. there's a side of TikTok called Book Talk, which is, like, Book TikTok. And... It's going crazy right now. Like, I'd see TikToks about books with more than 1 million likes. And people in the comments asking, what's this book? I've, like, I haven't read a book in, like, several years. That's amazing. Give me the name of the book. So I think That's really it's good, resurfacing yeah. slowly because of social media, as Tiba said. Like, I, I'm personally, mm-hmm. like, on Twitter all the time. I'm on, like, book Twitter or whatever. (laughs) So I see people, like, joining as well, like, joining book Twitter as well. And it's just, like, it's fun to see how people like reading books again, you know? Yeah, that's really nice. But, you know, that's really true. I mean, like, it is. But you know how most, like, um, sequels or series have movies as well? And I feel like people are usually lazy and they just tend to watch a movie. And, I mean, I don't mind. Like, I usually read the book and watch the movie. But I think... Reading the book before watching the movie would be, like, better. Because, I don't know, I feel like when you read it and you, like, 
uncover the characters and their desires yeah. and all that and you use yeah, your like imagination every, to every like every reader in the world just agreed with you because yeah definitely <laughs> the the book has right? so much more content than a movie ever could exactly. you know especially their internal thoughts like an example of this would be the shadow and bone tv show that came out um in april yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's based off of the shadow and bone trilogy and the six of crows duology but the thing is one of the main characters in the Six of Crows duology, his name is Kaz Brecker, and he he has trauma. The love of my so life? Does, yes, the love of my life as well. <laughs> so he usually doesn't know how to express himself, so he has internal thoughts you can see in the book. But when he's yeah, in the show, in the movie, it's, it's almost not there. like he's a completely exactly. different character. Like he's yeah, not yeah, yeah. the same. And yeah, also because... one one more thing that I really like when I read the book before watching the movie is how I imagine a character to be like and how I mm-hmm. like actually see them in the movie. And it's like yeah, completely yeah, it different, different people. Time. But <laughs> yeah, but when I watch the movie first and then read the book, I keep on basing the character on that mo- like on that uh, actor or actress I saw. In- oh my <laughs> god, this is totally true. An example. Yeah. I keep on giving examples. Oh my god. The Hating Game is like mm-hmm. a single book. And it's this yeah. contemporary romance. It's about like these two people who work in an office and they're like, they hate each other or whatever. So the main dude, um, I literally forgot his name, but he's supposed to have like dark hair or whatever. And like his eyes are supposed to be like green or something. And mm-hmm. then you look at the live action like actors or whatever. This man has brown hair and brown eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's completely how, different. Like, how did we go from this to this? It's just. I really used to resent that. I really used to resent adaptations that like change so much about a character. Or, for Mm -hmm. example, sometimes they change, like, a thing about the character that was very important in the books. Like, for example, gray eyes, they keep getting mentioned. But in the show or movie, they get turned, like, black or brown. And I used to resent that. But but now I I sort of get it because I think what if I had to choose between an exact look copy from the book and an exact personality copy from the book, I would take the personality. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking for an actor who can nail his or her role. I'm looking exactly, for an actor yeah. who can bring the character to life rather than just by looks, but also by their acting skills, their chemistry with the other characters and, and actors. And I feel like that's just more important. And I can look past the, you know, the differences in, in looks. Yeah, definitely. But it's kind of frustrating when they keep bringing up the same feature over and over again. And it holds so much value and importance in the book. But then in the movie, it's not there, you know? Especially when it's a plot point. Because, like, Mm -hmm. in the book I talked about, The Hating Game, uh, the girl's eyes are actually a plot point. Like, it's it's towards the end of the book. But there's a reason they keep on mentioning her eye color. And then they finally reveal in the end, and then you look at Lucy Hale, who's um, the actress who plays yeah. the character. And technically, they both have green eyes, but it's two different shades. So they'd have to change up a lot of stuff to fit in yeah. Lucy Hale's eyes into the whole like movie adaptation. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes it's just not as big a part of the plot itself. Like, this is a very rare exception. But sometimes yeah. it's just so integral to a character. And you start to associate that um, feature with a certain personality trait about the character. Like, let's bring back Kaz, because <laughs> Kaz is amazing. <laughs> In the book, he has, like, coffee brown eyes, and it's mentioned a lot. It's brought up a lot. And Lee Bardugo, the author, has managed to incorporate so much emotion into 
an eye color that is usually brushed off is boring and normal. But in mm-hmm. the books, it, the, those cho- those chocolate brown eyes, coffee brown eyes, they they express so much more than his words do because he never talks about his emotions yeah. because he's a dead boy inside, but we still love him. But in the show, it, the the actor didn't have these coffee brown eyes. Yeah, and I, I did like really get pissed off in the beginning, but... God, when I saw Freddie Carter on screen, he brought Kaz to life so beautifully. And he he presented so much of like Kaz's integral personality, you know, of his yeah. coldness, of his stubborn hope, of his like badly hidden love. So it, it just sometimes it just doesn't yeah. matter. But it's still something that a reader will always keep thinking about when watching an adaptation. True, but also when they write books, they can't like as directors or movie producers, they can't always find the same exact actor or actress. So I think they usually compromise. But by doing so, they make the personality better, for example, if the feature isn't there, you know? Exactly. So they would rather choose a better actor than somebody who looks exactly like the character. Yeah. And I think it's not really possible to get the exact same character from the book. You know, like, I don't think you can, like, ace it as it is, as it's written. But, like, I, I feel like, I mean, we definitely all see characters differently, even if they have mm-hmm. that features, the, the, their features are set in stone in the, in the writing, we still, like, see little differences between one brain and the other. So, mm-hmm. definitely, no adaptation could ever nail a character perfectly. Yeah. But some got really close. Which is good. Especially fictional male characters. Especially nowadays. Because, you know, there's this trend going around that's like, men that are definitely uh, written by women, like, you know, they, they, like, they put, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. actual men. Because that's how impossible fictional men are to, like, be seen, I guess, in real life. Yeah, it just, they're, them being fictional is just, like, such an important part of their character because we never see it in real life. Whereas, as yeah. you said, a fictional woman, you could definitely see a reflection of her in some people in your life. A man? Probably mm-hmm. never in your life, no. Yeah, it's rare. As a conclusion, both sides of this argument make total sense. If you like ebooks, then go ahead. And if you like physical books, also go ahead. In regards to reading slowly disappearing and um, digital books slowly taking over, we'd say that that isn't the case. Thank you for listening. This was Shane, Fatima, and Piba. Thank you. Bye, everyone.